complaining. And that's one of the many things. But you'll, you'll note as you have been going through the book of Numbers that <clears throat> murmuring <coughs> and complaining, um, God brought severe judgment opened up the earth and swallowed up people and sent fire from heaven. Now, when we think of severe judgment, we don't normally think of complaining. We think of severe judgment, Sodom and Gomorrah. We think homosexuality, that brings severe judgment. God showed us that what we often minimize as sin is not minimized to him. And and when you understand some of these things that we think bring severe judgment, are bringing the same judgment that God brings on a complaining, murmuring tongue. And I believe there are many, many reasons why God takes such a strong stand on that. But one of them is he understands that it's like a cancer. And that a bad attitude, the old saying, a bad apple, will rule the, ruin the whole bunch, the, the whole basket. And, and really, in coming to realize, if you read Proverbs on a regular basis over and over and over and over and over and over again, he is warning us about the use of our tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And he said, even a fool. I've always, I've always thought that verse was interesting. Even a fool, when he holdeth his tongue, is counted wise. I mean, there's hope for all of us. You know what I'm saying? If we just learn to keep our mouth shut in many instances. But usually this is how it goes. When we should speak, we don't, and when we shouldn't speak, we do. We get our wires crossed. And and when we think of sins of our tongue, often what comes to mind is cursing and vile language and, and things like that. But you notice God has a different viewpoint on that, and really all that matters is what what God thinks. Needless to say, um, taking God's name in vain is sin with the tongue and so on. But tonight we want to deal with how do we sin with our tongue. And in Proverbs 19, one example from the book of Proverbs, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking but he who restrains his lips is wise. And, and again, as I mentioned, Proverbs is just loaded with, with exhortations about the use of our tongue in a good manner and also how we are to avoid using it in an evil manner. Now, turn to Philippians chapter 2. How do we sin with our tongue? Number one that we want to look at tonight is by complaining or murmuring. We've seen in the book of Numbers, and you will continue to see, 
But notice what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Do all things without complaining or murmuring and disputing. Do all things without complaining. As we mentioned, God clearly shows in the book of Numbers and throughout Scripture that he does not like a murmuring tongue or a complaining tongue. Complaining shows a a lack of contentment. Paul said in Philippians 4 a little bit later, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. It doesn't mean that he wasn't striving for excellence, but he learned in his present circumstances. When we're complaining, we're saying to God, I don't like my circumstances and you're the one that's to blame for this. And and our complaining spirit not only shows a lack of contentment, that we are not content, but it often then becomes contentious. Complaining really isn't about man. It's against God. In Exodus chapter 16 and verse 8, he brought that out. Um, And yet, how easy it is for us to complain. We, by nature, are quick to complain and slow to praise. I mean, that's that's our nature. It's easy to complain. And it doesn't matter what the work location is. Where there are two people, there will probably be at least one complainer, if not two, and quickly ten. And isn't that how it goes? It's like we, we pile on that. And, and to come back and say, and this sounds like nothing new is going to be said here tonight, but I believe these things are foundational to seeing a work of revival. If we as Christians, and if we don't deal with this in our own personal lives, and and this is very, very convicting to me as I go over this, and and it ought to be for every one of us. If, If you're here tonight and you say, I have no problems with the sin of my tongue, You better go memorize the book of James is what I'd tell you. And yet, when is the last time that we said, God, forgive me for my complaining spirit? And and it is to to complain. You know, often complainers will say something and then will put a, a, a but at the end of the, our thank you. You know, I want to thank you for this, but, duck, here it comes, you know what I'm saying? We, we have a hard time just giving unadulterated praise. It's easy to pick up the complaints. So, um, one aspect is complaining. 
and and the, at the heart of this is is discontent. A second aspect. Turn to James chapter four. James chapter four. <clears throat> And verse 11, do not speak evil one of another, brethren. He who speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. And he goes on and says, we are not the judge. God is the judge. But we have a, we sin with our tongue in a critical spirit. A critical tongue. We are quick to tell what is wrong with something or someone else. We are not their master. So why are we taking charge like we are? Every one of us has a tendency to be an expert on everything we know nothing about. And there is no limit to what we don't know. And it is easy to have a critical spirit. Negative statements that, that discourage and defeat and destroy. And, and oftentimes take place right in the home. It's just as it's easy to complain and hard to praise. It's easy to criticize and hard to be helpful. Constructive criticism. We can give constructive criticism. It will end up being helpful. But I'm talking about a critical spirit, a, a censorous spirit that we're censoring everything and looking for um, what's wrong. A censorous spirit often puts the worst possible construction on the other person's motives. We have no idea what their motives are. A censorous spirit is ungenerous when someone else makes a mistake, pounces right on it. You see what they did? Look at that. A censorous spirit pours cold water on on plans and ambitions. The censorous spirit is self-righteous, harsh, exalting, hypocritical, and judgmental. You know, recently, um, recently, a personal friend of mine that has been in the ministry for years just succumb to critical spirits, and I'm not saying anybody's right in any situation, but it grieves my heart that Satan, here's a man that is out of the ministry now, and he, he, he just said, I'm done with it. I'm not saying he's right in saying that, but I'm saying this is what Satan does. I'm not saying a person should um, should never make appeals, should never deal with issues. You know what I'm talking about here. In in all of life, we we criticize 
the government. We criticize local officials. We criticize bosses and foremans and co-workers and neighbors and weathermen. They never get it right. You go do their job then, smarty pants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they said it was going to do. I wouldn't want their job. I think God sometimes watches the news and says, watch this. Now, I'm going to spin that thing and take it some other way. No, I know he doesn't do that. But the the reality is, it's so easy to criticize. Why'd they call that play? That's the stupidest play. Anybody can criticize. But do we we provide a, a helpful solution? Number three, and we need to go on, are evil reports, gossip, and slander. Gossip, when one magnifies and sensationalizes rumors and partial information. It's idle and careless chatter, spreading tales or backbiting of others. It's sharing confidential information. It's being untrustworthy. Slander is a little different. It is purposely destroying another's reputation with damaging facts. They may be true, but it's not necessary that we speak them. Or destroying through distortions or evil suspicions, intentionally sharing damaging information. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And when when we are involved in slander and gossip and evil reports, we are doing his work. Satan uses evil reports to separate believers, to multiply conflicts, to promote unbelievers, to mock Christianity, to discredit works of God. And, and we could go on. There are other sins of the tongue. And, and the only reason that we are looking at this tonight is because, one, we all need to be reminded of it. And, two, it is a major theme of the book of Numbers. And, and we need to take personal, personal accountability in our own life. We all know it. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And, and would to God I, I would live that way. And you can pray for me and pray for all of us that we would not sin with our tongue in just these three areas. Complaining having a critical tongue, and an evil report of slander and gossip. But the problem is not that we just need to watch what we say. The real problem starts in our heart. And it's a lack of love, first of all, for God. When we complain, it's out of discontentment with God. 
I understand. You know, we've been so spoiled the last 20 years in the winter. When can you remember? When can you remember this much snow? It's at least 20 years, isn't it? This long? I mean, I don't know. But those of you that have a getting a little long in the tooth, you know, some of you don't know what that means. Ask somebody that has gray hair or no hair before you leave tonight, okay? You know that this used to be the norm. But now, and, and, you know, some of us, some people like it cold, some like it hot, some like it just in between. But this is a sin-cursed earth, and we are going to have the pendulum. And, and yes, you know, your heart goes out to every adversity that this causes. But at the same time, what does our griping do about it? It's, it's, it's complaining to God for what he's sending. And when we criticize God, we are taking his responsibility. And when we speak evil, we are attacking God because they are made in the image of God. And when we do all of these, we're disobeying God and we're saying, I don't care, God. And it's a lack of love for God. It is a lack of love for God, but secondly, it's a lack of love for others. Love does what is best for the one loved. So I'm going to do what I can to help them, not push them down. To build them up. I'm not going to to just tell them that's wrong or tell others, you see the wrong that they did. I'm going to do what is best for them. Love thinks no evil. Often what it comes down to, we speak evil of others to push them down, thinking it's going to elevate us. And the bottom line is, it's a love problem. It's not, man, I I need to guard my tongue more. If we take care of our heart out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not, I need to put a shield on my tongue. I need to change my heart that I love God and that I love others. And if I love others, I won't be speaking evil of others. If I love God, I'm, I'm going to be solution-orientated. What do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for being a complainer, pointing out everything that's wrong? Or do you want to be known as, as one that brings solutions, one that brings help? Do you want to be known as one that when someone sees you coming, they think, oh boy, Or do you want to be known as one that when they see you coming, ah, help is on the way, or I know this will be a good, good meeting that we have here. And it's up to what we do in our life with our tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You're either ministering life or you're ministering death by what we do. And we cannot love others Unless we love God first. And so it comes back to, okay, I, I need to repent. I've been complaining. 
I'm critical. I, I speak evil. But God, the real problem is not just help me not to do it. Turn the heart of mine to love as you love. To love you and care what you think about what I say. And to love others so that I'm lifting them up and building them up and not tearing them down. Be the one who is a solution. Be the one who who helps provide and and meet the needs. Be the one that that yes gives that that word of encouragement that makes a difference. Honestly, as I've been going through the book of numbers, it's just come out to me, God have mercy on me. Honestly, every one of us the frozen earth ought to open up and swallow us up. I mean, we're no different than the children of Israel. Complaining about, and and I think, oh man, how would I have complained? Manna, all this time? I don't care if you love homemade macaroni and cheese. If If your wife started giving it to you morning, noon, and night, by night, you'd be saying, what's the matter? We, we don't have anything else? The next day, morning, noon, and night. The next day, morning, noon, and night. You'd be getting sick of it, and we'd be complaining. So lest you start complaining about these Israelites, look in the mirror and pray, God, help me to see where I have a complaining spirit. Help me to see where I'm just looking critically. Man, you better not pray it unless you mean it, because he'll start showing it to you. And it's not a good picture. God, show me where I am saying things that are damaging the reputation of others. And I understand we need to speak the truth. And I've used the same thing. I remember going off to Bible college, and and they had signs up, griping will not be tolerated. I'm not griping, I'm just telling the truth, you know. Ah, that sounds good. But what's my spirit? Is my spirit to honor God? Is my spirit to build up others? You know, it's easy to justify. But the bottom line is, can you imagine if if we really started being individuals rather than complaining, we praised, and rather than being critical, We would be helpful, and rather than speaking evil, we would lift up others. Can you imagine the difference that would make? And some of you are saying, there's only a handful of us that work at Hy-Vee. It wouldn't make a drop's difference out there at that place. It doesn't matter. It matters someday we're going to answer to God for what we've done with our tongue that comes from our heart. God, I pray that you would help us tonight, this week, and until you come again, to be alert to what is in our heart. And Lord, that our heart would be brought to love you And to love others, and then out of the abundance of our heart, 
that our mouth would speak. Lord, I pray in my own personal life, I seek your forgiveness for not honoring you with my words, for a complaining, critical, evil-speaking tongue that comes from a heart that loved me more than I loved you. And so, Lord, I plead your mercies, and I ask that with my tongue I would honor you as with my life. So, Lord, may we have a renewed sensitivity to your Spirit, and may your Spirit prompt us to... No, you don't need to go there. Don't say that. No, this is what you should say. And Lord, may our tongue be a wellspring of life that ministers life to others and glorifies you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.